This week, I'm joined by Jeff Matea. Jeff is a realtor and the owner of the Matea Group of Keller Williams, one of the best in the business. We have a great conversation about how he got started in the industry, some of the things that he's done to grow and become successful as a real estate agent, some of the other businesses that he's involved in. He also talked a little bit about a mastermind event that he has coming up at the end of the month that I'll actually be involved in as well. So we're super excited about that. Whether or not you are in real estate or business in general, this is a conversation I think you'll get something out of. This is the Randy Forster Podcast. If you do me a huge favor, like the Facebook page, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, I would really appreciate it. Enjoy the podcast. Jeff, I know you're a busy guy. You got your hands in all kinds of different stuff between real estate, radio, TV. So I appreciate you making a half hour to make it happen on podcast. You got it. So you're a guy that I have seen on TV for a while in my career. Notice you're advertising all over the place. Why don't you go back to the beginning and tell me when you got into the real estate business, what that was all about, and kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah. So originally licensed in 2006, I did have a full-time job. So I, I really love those part-time agents because I believe okay. that they can become full-time agents. It's just right there. The entity that they work for hopefully has them in front of a lot of people. So that was my original role is I was an internal audit at IDEP. So a local okay. company knew a lot of folks and that got me to jump. I didn't make the jump until 2008 when, you know, the market tanked and we saw a lot of foreclosures, short sales, yet I had already built up a, a strong business through a BNI network. Okay. And was a solo agent for a number of years, had dabbled with partnerships and teams. I knew that was the, that was the way to go from day one. It's just right. You know, whose team do you join? I always wanted to be the rainmaker, the leader. Yeah. So it's tough to, you know, get out of the gates, say, without having grown up here and have a huge database to start a team. So originally I was, you know, an admin on a team or a buyer agent on a team and then mm -hmm. built that up to, you know, now where we are today. So you're at Keller Williams now. Have you always been at Keller Williams? Uh, yeah, I've always been at Keller Williams since 2006. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you start your team? Was that also in 2008 or is 2008 when you went full time uh, and then you started your team uh, years later? Bumped around a little bit. I was actually on the True Bit Brit team with yeah. Deborah Coward, Deborah Meek. I was really their buyer agent and admin before they started to evolve into the team they have now. Yep. And did a lot of the administrative answering the phones until we realized, right, I needed to be up showing. Okay. So like I was learning this whole process of, well, right, someone that's better at the office handling all the paperwork just wasn't my thing. Yep. And then we realized, right, me being out there to work with buyers because Deborah was great with sellers. Yep. And then I had over here how she handled sellers. So I grew and just naturally progressed into listing homes. And I knew, right, I think we both realized I was, I was also going to list homes. So we parted ways and I started my own team. And then I actually became one of the first agents to join expansion before it was really called Keller Williams expansion. Now it's a whole division of Keller Williams, but Gary, Gary Keller, one of my mentors had dabbled and he had already had this idea since the mid eighties of why not expand into markets, basically how the franchise grew. He, he was, he always came back and said, well, he kicked himself that he didn't put an agent on his team in each and every market. Mm -hmm. With the concept being like, well, right, he'd have ownership and everything yeah. and be able to grow a team. So we, we had this idea and ran with it. And I was the guinea pig with a couple of other people around the country to run with, well, here's the, here's the model and test it out. Okay. That didn't work. Let's pivot. And here's this. And then, you know, you've got the industry changes, people changed, buyers and sellers changed. I mean, the market of the moment 
not that the formation of teams has changed. It's just that, right, the internet was growing even bigger. Yeah. And, you know, people are different and the market got easier. And so we dabbled with, you know, buying leads online versus, you know, going out and just working your database like crazy. Yeah. So you get, right, you, it's, it's, there's the catch 22. There's the, I teach people how to fish or I just keep fishing and they all want my leads, my appointments, my yeah. business, and they're attracted to me. Yet Keller Williams is telling you, right, each agent is its own brand. So you had to be careful there that, you know, the team was the Matea group, but then there was agents that might've felt like they outgrew that or their agent, their clients wanted specifically them versus like, did they call for Jeff? And then Jeff handed yeah. business buyers and sellers to other people. That, that's something that happens on any team, right? I mean, people outgrow right. their role and yeah. I, I feel like I've seen it a lot in my career. I've been in business since 2008 myself. So right around the same time and see how many people kind of come and go from teams. Have you had a lot of people on the team over the years, or do you have a core yeah. of people that you've been with since the beginning and a few people here and there? You know, there's, there's an agent that's been with me from day one, you know, going on, you know, 10, 11 years now, and there's folks five, six years, but there's also that turnover, that natural attrition of, you know, people kind of want to try it on their own. They, they get, you get tons of buyer leads and then those buyers become eventual sellers and they get those calls and they say, well, right, why am I, you know, necessarily giving those back to Jeff? Let's work them together. So our team has also progressed from the original days of I just listed properties and then everybody else worked the buyers and had the open house opportunities and the phone just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And then I started to hand off, well, right, I want to free up my time to do bigger and greater things and stay, make my world bigger so that they all want to stay in it. Then I stopped necessarily listing as many properties and gave the reins over to someone else, which we did that a few times and found that the, those people that took the reins necessarily were not the right people. Now I've found some folks that are, and they actually, believe it or not, took it to another level that I hadn't imagined. We listed 225 properties last year. Unreal. Where does that put you at KW, the, at the market center in Portland? Is that the number one? I'm the number one, number one three years in a, in a row. And we'd always had the, the most buyers going back, I think eight or nine years. Oh, wow. It always had the most buyers because that was originally the focus. And then my coach and mentors had said, right, well, you want about a 50-50 business. You you mm -hmm. don't want to get rid of buyers because that's what, you know, gives some of these newer agents their start. But you need to be 50-50 or at least 60-40. You've got to get listings because that's what keeps growing. And that's the market share. You need more yeah. signs out there. You need those open house opportunities in, in that market share. And then we saw that just take off when we focused on listings. Now, has it been an issue for you to provide buyer leads to your team right now or how, how has it been for i guess your buyers agents right now i mean it's a challenging um, you know during yeah i mean obviously during covid don't get me wrong it, it got tougher people were working you know two to three times as hard to get that buyer you know you you see these people and you develop that relationship and you become you know almost like family with them mm -hmm. that you don't want to just say well sorry after six offers you didn't find a house they're they're committed to we want to earn that right to be their their agent forever and also you want to get paid so not going to lie, you right. You want to get that commission for all that work that you've put in. So these folks just, right. You'd, you'd write 10, 15 offers to get one accepted, maybe more. And I was right there doing the prequel letters. So I know, you yeah. know, it's just offer after offer, prequel letter after prequel letter. And that's just kind of, I guess how it goes and probably right. is going to be how it goes, at least for the foreseeable future. You mentioned something about being involved in expansions. How did that, I want to ask you at the time, but how did, how did that work? Because obviously there was already a market group in Portland. So how were you involved in expansions? Right. So a top agent in New England had said, right, he was in another state 
uh, Vermont and had outgrown his spot. So he had become the number one agent in Vermont very quickly and said, right, I could keep dominating Vermont. Yet he also owned his market center and had, you know, also been mentored by Gary. And Gary said, well, right, the idea that he had originally was starting in Austin and go to Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, yeah. et cetera. Why not go somewhere that you could drive in the day and still be home for dinner and with your family? Because Gary, Gary's big thing was like making sure that he was with his significant other and family and saw them, you know, their games and stuff. So he actually made people come to him. So when I partnered with Adam, the idea was, well, Adam will come visit, but I really did go to Vermont more often to pick up the, the lingo and the, you know, all the key pieces. And then with Zoom, we were able to do some of this or he'd come and train here. But the concept was, is like, they already had the system and tools. So just picture a franchise within the franchise is simply you know, what it was is Which makes he's sense. doing it, kicking butt. If you follow his model, do everything that he does. And that was the thing is I, I came from that internal audit background. So I was studying what other businesses did. So I would pick apart like, well, why do we do that? Why don't we do it this way? Let's be the most efficient. Yeah. And so people bought into what I was conveying from Gary and Adam and screw the team exponentially. I mean, I went from 32 transactions as a solo agent on my own to I think 98 in the first year as a team with four brand new buyer agents that hadn't closed more than three or four deals themselves. Uh, So all, you know, three or four of them did 20 plus deals in their first year with us. So what's the relationship with Adam now? Because now that you mentioned this, I feel like I've heard this before and I've heard about Adam before. So are you guys still a partnership? Uh, No, that that ended in 2015 or 16. And I was in Falmouth at the time and we had you know, kind of developed a different concept and, you know, still, still stay connected, but we had a different vision for where we wanted to go in our business. Um, and, and, you know, went separate ways and I since moved to Scarborough, opened a mega agent office. So I've been outside of the Portland market center, 50 stool street since 2014, 15. Now you're in Scarborough route one, correct? Yeah. Right on Pine point road. Yeah, right on the corner, Route One, Pine Point Road. That's what I thought. Tell me about that office space because you're involved in a number of different things at that in that office, right? Is there <laughs> property management? Is there, you know, yeah. the it's more than just real estate. At least that's the way I think of it nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, you know, we went the route of, you know, Gary Keller always said, and, you know, not always say, but he knew that he was a training company disguised. You know, he was a training company first that happened to do real estate mm-hmm. instead of a real estate company that just happened to have a training arm. He wanted to be the training company that happened to be real estate agents. So we would hear that and we get coached on different things and said, we're right. Well, everybody, every agent buys and sells real estate, you know, the good ones, but then there's folks that, you know, may own a mortgage company or property management. And so it naturally grew into organically clients were coming to us saying, well, I'm looking to buy a property. Who's your, who's your property manager? Who would you recommend? Mm -hmm. You know, just like in your field, you get people that are like, Hey, I'm new to the area. Who do you recommend for this, that? And so we heard this enough time that we said, well, why are we giving these leads to a property management company who, well, maybe they take great care, maybe they don't, but we yeah. can't, we want control. We don't want that issue that they don't come back to us in the future. If I send it to a property manager, who knows that he or she has another real estate agent they work with. Yeah. Then they're so gone. Said, then your customer you referred is gone. Who do we, who do we know that was, is in this role? And so we interviewed agents and some agents came and raised their hand and said, well, I was in this space or I, you know, I did this or that. And I, I came from property management background. Excellent. <laughs> well, here's an idea. Let's get it up to speed. Let's talk to an organic, like, like, let's not, again, let's organically just talk to clients 
Okay. And so then it went, you know, and then I can't remember the time frame, but all of a sudden like 30 doors come to us yeah. and that client says, well, I've got six. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, 36 becomes 45 and 50 yeah, and 72. And, um, and then people were like, well, do you do Airbnb? And then we had a young lady that joined our team and Danny Higgins that had experience there and myself. And then we put our heads together and then developed with a company called LiveRes to direct book. And, you know, that's again, more info, yeah. you know, property management, let them deal with that. But it went from property management to just, I call people constantly. And I've talked to some folks and said, well, right, well, how's business? And I'm like, well, it's, it's good, but I'm kind of upset about this or that. And then that turned into, well, you should talk to this person. And then all of a sudden I become part owner of Farmers Insurance. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, my wife maybe isn't, you know, like most people in corporate America or just business in general, working for someone else say, I'm not happy where I am. I'd like to explore this. So then my wife dabbles in a skincare company. Yeah. Um, you know, now we have esthetician and two nurse practitioners that have two skincare offices in the... Is that on-site or is this a different it's building? On-site. It's yeah. on-site. You know, the utilization of the space, it was it was formerly a kitchen, like a mm-hmm. canteen for our office. And we were able to, you know, put a microwave and a, a refrigerator, hot plate, tea, teapot for coffee and everything in a, in a separate closet and be just fine. Yep. Yep. And then I, because the town of Scarborough also wanted my property to be, it was, it was zoned residential commercial. We had to keep a residential component, or at least they would prefer that yep. the person I bought it off did residential residential. So they yep. actually loved that I had moved it to commercial residential. Yep. So there's a one bedroom Airbnb upstairs that oh, nice. basically, you know, covers, covers my, you know, my mortgage and office expenses and the maintenance of the grounds. That's great. Um, now the property management, how many doors do you have now? Yeah. Last I knew, you know, don't hold me to this. I believe it's 80. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that'll keep someone busy. And then the farmers thing, I assume has been going pretty well. I do some yeah, business with Jeff and his team. So, yeah. Um, yeah they're, well, then they're it just naturally there. progresses. You know, I don't have exposure to who our clients are at farmers because we, it's in a separate facility and, you know, obviously there's confidentiality and license yeah. items and fiduciary responsibilities. So I don't see that naturally, but there's, we talk to you as, you know, loan officer, mortgage you know, banker, and, and then go and, you know, our clients are naturally asking, well, who do you use for insurance? Yep. My personal use, yeah, X, Y, and Z. Great. Why not receive a, a benefit from that? I remember even in BNI giving out 40 plus referrals to the insurance agent in my group and, you know, didn't receive a referral back. It's so easy. Yeah. Right. So I didn't realize that you were in BNI. How long were you in BNI for? When I first got started. So 2006 just, to like just a few 2010, years. 11. Yep. So I founded a chapter in Saco and I've been in it for six or seven years and yep. it's been great for my business but yeah you, there's definitely people that you get more referrals to than you receive them from and yep. yeah, part of that's just the nature of things but i could see wanting to take advantage of that for your own business as well what's next for you business-wise is there any other ancillary businesses that you're considering yeah. like you're not, not not looking to break any news but like are you trying to right. get to other areas so we so we've always seen going back to gary's training piece we've always seen that you know people are always asking us for you know pick our brain or mastermind and so we went down the path of right i love to give you advice but it, it you know comes with a cost i'm willing to share information because i know you know nine out of ten people won't use that information in our backyard even we, we've had more folks come shadow me from out of state than people who could just drive five minutes 
yeah. pick up the phone and, you know, just walk over here to see what we do every day. So we saw an opportunity to do group coaching as well as just even, you know, online yeah. trainings where, yeah. where folks are willing to pay to get that motivation, that training, that consulting and not run into the hurdles that I did. Right. So I've already, what I explained to a number of our agents on our team is like, you'll get an MBA in real estate. If you just sit over my shoulder for a week, totally. You're the best way to learn better than any, right. Better than, better than, yeah. Right. I mean, even, even when I was recruiting an agent, that was probably like six or eight years ago. They said it's in it. And I said, you don't forget about the split. You have an opportunity here where I, I respect you've done your 18, 24, you know, 30 transactions. Awesome. Disregard what it costs. You can't put a price tag on that. I'm going to do 398 transactions in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're going to overhear pieces, bits and pieces of nearly all, excuse me, all of them. Yeah. And then you're going to be involved in 35 to 40 on your own. We, we had an agent right out of the gate. No, no sphere locally did 68 transactions last year. Oh, wow. Se I think 78, sorry, 78. Yeah. Another person moved here from Washington, DC did 25 to 30. Again, no, no sphere. They picked up referrals, but they also picked up online leads, they picked up people just naturally like socializing. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a good diversity and allocation between like us providing leads, them sourcing a little bit of their own. And as long as they could convert, people have been fantastic to be a part of the team and follow the systems. So you touched on the idea that you guys are doing a mastermind event coming up in a, in a, little, in a, in a couple months or actually in a month from now. The genesis of that was what you basically just said. People come to you for advice. There's an opportunity for you to make some money on it and put together an event. And then you just kind yeah. of ran with it from yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, even with this event, I, I might not make money, but yeah. I see that we play the long game. We always talk about the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. You know, that book that Ann, you know, the tortoise always wins. We believe that even by having the attendance and having the speakers. So I said, right, we hadn't had the fantastic opportunity to travel. It was harder to get to different places. I mean, Gary always puts on a mastermind in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I think in Boston, it's coming up this coming weekend, first week of, first week of October. Open. So you can go down to that. You can go to Family Reunion, which was, I want to say it was in Texas also. Yeah. This year, it's going to be in Anaheim in February. And, you know, then you look at the cost of flights, registration, et cetera, getting out there, maybe missing a day because of cancellations or delays, yeah. the weather. We said, well, why not bring some of that to us? And we have people doing three, 400 transactions right? you know, in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York. Why not have them come up here to South Portland? Yep. And then it exposes our team to the possibilities of, well, wow, there's, there's a 25 year old that has 39 doors that's going to be on a panel and speaking. Um, yep. We have folks that are doing crazy stuff with video. We have lenders that are mailing letters to see if buyers or sellers will sell their house. And then he's going back, you can copy this for me, but he's going back and then saying, well, I already have someone that wants to sell their house. Which one of my agents that I work with as yeah. a loan officer has this buyer and you know, who wouldn't love that? Definitely. It's a great idea. He's creating business for himself and his agents. I saw the speaker list and some big names, names that I recognize, names that I don't, but I'm sure it's sure. going to be a well-produced event. And, and it's something yeah. that you're looking to replicate. Yeah, we'd love for this to be a frequent, you know, at least at least annual. You know, it is a lot to put on. You, you know, you're dealing with people's schedules, hotels, families, you know, everything else that comes up. Mm -hmm. Even like planning a client event, you know, we say, well, should we do it on Saturday or Sunday? 
you put it on Saturday and, you know, people with kids probably have different events and sports yeah. and activities. And then you put it on Sunday and some people have church or they're yeah. diehard Patriots fan and can't miss the big game. So, you, you know, not this year. Damned if you don't. So we just try to provide the most opportunity, most exposure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's an opportunity for our agents to get out there and be social with our database. Which, you know, we know we, we talk about communication and relationships constantly. Yeah. That's really the secret sauce. Well, especially coming off of COVID the past few years, there haven't really been events like this, Yeah, you know, that, that people can get together with their peers and people that they, you know, look up to in the business and get a chance right. to talk and network with them. So I think for that alone should, should bring people in. I know I've been spreading the yeah. word on it and I'll probably continue yeah. to do that. So I'm definitely Appreciate looking forward to it. You are also busy with a radio show. That's you know, right. You've been doing that for a while. Yeah. So I belong to a, a marketing group, radio and television experts, yeah. and it's, it's exclusive to a market. You know, kind of the idea is that, you know, these folks had worked to promote us and you had to qualify. You had to do a certain production to get into this, this level, this tier but from that, then it's just right. It's that frequency and the repeat and repetitive. And, you know, we've already, you know, we've already been anointed as the expert, the area expert. Now it's just to like layer that on top. So, you know, you hear radio ads, you see TV commercials. And then what better way then to have an actual radio show that then we can communicate with the consumer. They can, you know, it is a recorded show on Wednesdays that then airs on Sundays, but we can hear from the, the public that, you know, what do they want to hear about and then showcase, you know, the talent. We've had folks on from, you know, organizing your home to buttoning it up with spray foam insulation, et cetera, to lenders, title, insurance. You had some people from Bitterford on recently. Correct. Yeah. Community experts that yeah. you know, are on, on, you know, kind of the recreation on the downtown Definitely. exposure. Yeah. Um, no. So board. it's something, it's something that involves, I, I actually see some similarities between what we're doing here on the podcast and what you have here when you're bringing yeah. in experts and having just conversation and trying to learn from people and kind For of get sure. word out on different things. So yeah. I think it's nice that you can put it on the radio, promote it, but then also have podcast form, right? Cause you're, you're putting that yeah. out on Spotify and Apple as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. And people can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So you just, again, when I would go on an appointment, I would explain to people, I'm going to sell your house. I just don't know where the buyer is going to necessarily come from, but I've <laughs> got to get as many eyes and ear, well, eyeballs and ears <laughs> to see and hear about your property as I can. Is that something you plan to continue to do moving forward? Or? Oh, yeah. 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 And it's, it's great because it's, you know, the listenership is great. The station's wonderful. It's got good frequency. And then, you know, it's an opportunity to, again, give exposure to our folks that we work with, third-party vendors, and just like things that clients are asking about all the time. Yeah. One of the other things that, that reminds me of is when I think back to early in my career, before I even knew you, I would see you on TV with Barbara Corcoran on these commercials. How did that work in terms of getting some of her time to be in a... In right. TV. So also through the, the, the rate folks, the Acumen okay. radio and television experts, this gentleman who, you know, he started in radio and had a huge business. He came up with a concept to, you know, give more exposure to the top, top agents in the market and then approached different talents throughout the country over the years from, you know, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, I think Howie Carr locally has a big show in Boston yep. to offer endorsements. And these folks said, well, right, as long as it's someone that, you know, if I were to stand side by side, they look the part, they're doing the business, they have the credibility, they're honest. Yeah. They put that out there and Barbara thought, oh, first, mm. and then he said, well, right, but I have 75 to 100 agents across the country that, right, you are the perfect person for this. You're your real estate mogul, Shark Tank, on TV. Yeah. You, they call her when the Today Show has anything to talk about real estate. Yep. gets called in so that that expert 
And so the, the idea was pitched to us and really it's like, okay, you, you've passed the test to just get that phone call. Yeah. Now if we're on board, as long as you keep playing the part and kind of stay out of jail, yeah, you're on. I don't know how frequently you do it, but you, you yeah. first did it years ago, right? I feel like oh, I yeah. remember this a while uh, back and then again, more recently. Our partnership with her is going on at least four or five years that I, that I can remember. Yeah. Cause it was well, well before COVID. Yeah. Time, time's so weird right now. It's hard to, yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like it was forever ago, but the past couple of years about black hole. So yeah, I, I give you a ton of credit, obviously a lot of success in the market group and, and in the area, but you know, trying different things when it comes to TV, radio, advertising, building a team, all these other businesses. I don't, is there a comparable, like, do you have a competitor in all, in a sense in this way, or you're, I feel like one of the few people that has their hands in all of these different things. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the biggest piece. And that's another thing that Gary taught us is that, right. You may have a competitor in real estate, right? We know maybe there's a, a, an agent or two that sells more homes, their team does, but maybe they don't, if we have then the ancillaries or the other things that develop because of it. Sure. They probably have other ancillaries too, but then we're starting to compare ourselves to, right. We want to deliver service like Ritz Carlton. Amazon, Netflix, yeah. so that you get that. And we're, that's why we're, we're positioning more towards the consumer, the client experience versus yeah. like the transaction. And it does, I mean, you know, it gets awfully hard when you're saying, right, I sold 398 homes. So some people hear that as well. You know, was I a number 365 or like, where was I in that? Like, no, 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 no. Like, or they think, geez, you just make a ton of money and all you care about is the number really is we want that repeat. So like in the insurance business, it was good to kind of collaborate there as they're all about retention because it's that residual. Yeah. We okay. want, even in the real estate business that like, I want to, I want to sell you multiple homes. Okay. I know that it's not, you're not going to buy like four this year. Maybe there are people that do that, yeah. but you might buy four or five in 20 years. You might also refer your friends and family. That could be another four or five. And well, you might need insurance. You might, you know, maybe you want them to be property managed to, you know, we might have a few of your properties in your portfolio. It, it all just, you don't know where it's going to go from there. And we just want to be everything to everyone. Yeah. Love it. So then with all this being said and all the, these business things that you're involved in, what do you do for fun? Anything? Find time uh, for any fun uh, out there? Round up. Yeah. Round up a six-year-old and a nine-year-old who's yeah. active yeah, in sports and just running around. I hear you. Or at each other's throats, throats at times. I have a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a ten-year-old, so I know what that's like trying to trying to juggle all that stuff and business at the same time. So I appreciate you making time to come on and talk about all the different things that you have going on. So thank you. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. So all right, bud. We'll, we'll do it again sometime. We'll be in touch. All right. You got it. Thank right. you. Thanks, man.